कितने बिचारे
And the best who will belong to is our beloved Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu ta'ala alayhi So this is the greatest blessing of Allah subhanahu ta'ala. He is the greatest blessing of Allah subhanahu ta'ala. That the political position of the beloved Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Islam is something which cannot be underestimated, which cannot be appreciated, which cannot be undervalued. We cannot be undermined because the salah that we need, the sajda that we make, that position in that prostration, in that form, in that method was adopted by the beloved Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa and that Allah loved his expression of subservience to him to the point where Allah enshrined it as a law and as a means of serving and worshiping him for every believer until the day of judgment as a tribute and testament to the perfection of the prostration of the beloved Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa That absence of salam. Allah had made it into his form of worship because Allah loved the form and the message of him beloved sallallahu alayhi wa the truths and the rights and the rituals of Hajj that the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has seen his beloved expression of love to him in his subservience Allah ta'ala ensuring that action until the day of judgment as a law to the point that in that which was expressed by my Habib sallallahu alayhi for the sake of my worship that if that is neglected, that is abandoned, it is not fulfilled and that act of ibadah is not acceptable to me so the beloved Nabi sallallahu is the pivot of this thing, is the function of this thing. And it is through this mercy of the beloved Nabi sallallahu upon us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows us his mercy. Allah ta'ala shows us his benevolence. Allah ta'ala shows us his grace. But there must come a time in the life of everyone where we do not simply sit back and become complacent and say that yes, we are assured of the mercy of Allah. We are assured of the compassion and the intercession of the Prophet So therefore, we will continue on our daily traversing in this dunya, occupied by sin and evil and immorality to the point where now we are not conscious of the sins that we commit anymore. It has become a norm. There was a time when the sin was initiated. It was looked upon as a sin. It was looked upon as a travesty. It was looked upon as going against the command of Allah. And this was reversed. There was a time when homosexuality was not only frowned upon by the community, but it was absolutely abroad. It was hated. It was an abomination. Where if two men walked on the street holding hands with inclinations of homosexual relationships, it was abroad. People could not do it in public. Because everyone understood that this was going against the natural law that Allah subhanahu has created. You wait a few years. And then people start to do it a bit more often. And they say that evil prevails when good people stand by and do nothing to stop it. So eventually the time came where the good people, who at that time were looked upon as radicals and extremists, and people who don't want to compromise, and people who are not flexible, and people who, people who do not respect others' human rights, when they were muffled, and when they were muzzled and they could not say anything anymore, then this evil slowly started to show its courage and its boldness by becoming more common. And when it became more common, we stopped looking at it as an absolute sin and an abomination, as something which totally opposes the command of Allah. We stopped looking at that. 
And so I've been looking at it something which was just wrong. Something which was sinful, something which we did not want to be a part of, and something which we can tolerate because we can do nothing to stop it. And then, to become bolder. And then, eventually, within the Muslim community, you find some that say, no, it's no longer wrong, but rather it is the way they were born, or it is their orientation, so therefore let them be judged by the Creator as we will be judged by our Creator. So with that flexibility, with that softness at times, people began to compromise, people began to become desensitized. But today, the rules of us, if they are committed in our community, in our society, and even in our locality, people you are found upon anymore, but people laugh, and people say sensitive and people say ha ha ha, that this is something which is wrong, and we don't think about that which we are seen to be haram as haram anymore. Our eyes now Clouded. Because within our hearts, there is now no distinction or differentiation between what is wrong and what is right anymore. When we backbite, it is conversation. When we make fun of other people and offend them, we are sharing jokes. When we swear someone, I said it in a state of anger, don't get upset, don't get offended by small things. So, once you stop becoming conscious about actions being fundamentally wrong, and try to realize it by giving it some form of metaphors, by giving it some form of euphemisms, where we are saying something but we call it something else, then remember, this must have now been blessed. But, the month of Ramadan, which is now going to depart, it is that singular opportunity throughout the year where for 30 days Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the opportunity to turn for him once again. And if Allah is saying that you as my servants cannot have the way to turn to me on your own, then Allah will say that because I love you, I will create an obligation for you to turn to me because what I have to give to you is so valuable, it is so precious that if you do not want to take it by choice, I will force you to take it. You know when a child is small, and a child is sick, and a child needs medication, and most children do not like the taste of it, or they will reject it, but we will force it. Why? Not because we want to be cruel, sometimes we have to be cruel to be kind. But we don't force it because we want to be cruel, because we want to abuse the child. We know that a certain force and a certain comparison is necessary in order for the one who does not want to do what is good for them to be cruel or for their own learning, sometimes we have to be difficult. And so I say it's given this one moment, which is about to depart. And what we are asking ourselves here today is that if we are looking at the calculations, inshallah, there's a high, high probability tomorrow we will be there, inshallah. No time to celebrate as yet. It's time for us to now, not look forward to tomorrow, but look back over the last 29 days and think of opportunity which I have given you, where I'm taking the maximum benefit. Have I used this Ramadan of 1444 to now say that enough is enough? That whatever I have done in my life, there will be certain time for it, there will be certain place for it, there will be certain weakness for it. 
but now that I've experienced this month for 29 days consistently, consecutively, waking up in the morning, sacrificing my sleep, praying to Allah, depriving myself of food and drink throughout the day for the sake of Allah, worshiping till the late hours of the night for the sake of Allah, worshiping again in the early hours of the morning for the sake of Allah. Has the time not come worth it? I've done this for 29 days. I can do it for 365 days. Because if you simply do it for 29 days and forget about it, then it means there's no inclination for the heart to turn to Allah. And what is Allah telling us in the Quran? That everybody must have their time. So, you know, these people enjoy the words for as much as long as you want to Because you do not know when your death is going to present itself. But what we are saying is, each and every single one of us will be to a period where we know we've drifted away from Allah. Where we know we've not obeyed Allah as we should be obeyed. But where is the time, where is the spark going to ignite in our hearts to say, I've had enough? Enough is enough. Now it is time for me to turn towards my Allah, to forge a relationship with my Allah. Because the more I have chased the dunya and immersed myself in the dunya, what is the value of the dunya today? LGBTQ, gambling, evil, immorality, capitalism, greed, utilitarianism, materialism. Is this what we are sacrificing the beauty of the Akira for, the love of Allah for the love of the Sunni? Ali ibn Dawah was asked by a man, how do I know? I mean, ask yourself this question. How do I know whether I am a person of this dunya or whether I am a person of the Asura? He said, that if someone gives you a gift and you are happy, it is necessary for you to be happy. But if at the next moment you are faced with someone, with someone who is asking for something in charity, and you take the same gift and give it to them, if taking the gift had made you happier than giving the gift when you are a person of the dunya. But if giving the gift had made you happier than taking when you are a person of the So we always have to ask ourselves, what are we doing? And if you have reached a time where the spark has been ignited, this is what Allah wants from us. And they say, Alam la'inilin yawlina amanu antakhsha'akurubuhum yadikrullah. That has a time not come for the believers to humble themselves, to find the awe of the members of Allah. And that which Allah has revealed in the form of the glorious Quran. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah says, do not be like those who have come before you and they were given the scripture and they took the scripture but yet they abandoned the scripture and for a long while they had not repented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah had sealed their hearts but even when they wanted to burst the heart open to the love of Allah we should not use that point where Allah puts that rock on our hearts because thereafter it should never be opened by any amount of zikr, any amount of istighfar, any amount of ibadah because Allah has sealed the heart. So this was revealed because there was economic prosperity in the Gilead of Munawar during the time of the Sahaba. They are fighting many battles, going through the early sacrifices of boycotts and poverty and starvation. So we began to get better. And they were experiencing some economic prosperity when life was a bit more comfortable. 
but because of discomforts, they did not abandon Allah, they did not neglect Allah. But the Iman and the levels of intensity which they show in worshiping and remembering Allah were beginning to decrease. And their standards were very unlike we, we can't aspire to the same standards. But the levels of intensity in their Iman began to decrease, but Allah raised us. You had enough. You enjoyed the prosperity. You enjoyed the wealth. You went through difficulty. You came through ease. You deserve to enjoy the little of that. But do not become so accustomed to it. Do not make it the only means of your existence because at some point you will choose that over me. You will choose the gift over the one who has given it to you. So therefore Allah says, now is the time. Come, make that transformation. And that was this time of Ramadan was the perfect opportunity for us to do that. For us to become true believers. And why should we remember Allah? Because Allah remembers us. Allah remembers everything about us. Firstly, Allah loves us even though we at times we don't deserve His love. Why? What's the sign? That Allah loves you. Because you get to a girl? No. Because you get to a child? No. Things are insignificant things in this world. The fact that Allah has allowed us into His house. The fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us accommodation and seating on these blessed messengers. The fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us the privilege of raising our hands in tabdeel and accepting them as the only being worthy of worship. The fact that Allah ta'ala has made this world be able to prostrate out of servitude to Him. The fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us to know Him, to refer Him, refer to Him not as God, but to refer to Him as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as Allah the ones who he loves and the ones who he does not love, he's not giving them even the priority of time to mention his name of Allah. Is that not the greatest blessing that Allah has given us? Allah loves us. And we remember Allah, why? Does Allah say, turn your heart to remember me, why? Because Allah remembers us. Not only his dunya, Allah will remember us in the Ashura. Not only does Allah remember us, Allah remembers every one of our deeds. Imagine us presenting ourselves before the one, before the judge, who was the witness to our evil actions. How do we justify that? How do we defend that? How do we vindicate ourselves from that? When you are going to present yourself before a judge who witnessed everything that you did, that was evil. Basically, you are already condemned. Incarcerated. So Allah Ta'ala will ask us on the day of judgment. Allah says, I'm looking at your deeds, the book of deeds. Do you remember this evil deed that you did on such and such a day? And you cannot say, no, we don't remember, or let me check, let me verify it. No. We say, Ya Allah, Naam, I remember. And Allah will look at another thing. And Allah will say, أَتَلْفُرُ مَعْفِيَتِكَ أَتَبْتَهَا يَوْمًا كَذَا وَكَلَا So do you remember this thing that you have done? In secret, on certain certain day, at certain certain time? We say, Naam. What will Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say is, that سَتَلْتُ مَعْفِيَتِكَ فِي الدُّنْيَا But Allah will say, I knew about it, no one else knew about it because I put a veil over it to save your dignity and to save your respect when you live in the world. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And on this day I am forgiven you for that sin. 
Bagus di Islam, sosis di Islam. Jemaah Surah Allah Subhanahu Wataala Wallahi Nasuhums. But the Muslim leader said, "Again, you wake up in the morning and you say, 'What am I going to do to change?' Allah has given me one last day, one last opportunity. How do I wake up a believer?" In order to wake up, more than to believe, we first need to know what a believer is. And if we want to know who we are, who we aspire to be, a believer. But if we want to know who we are now, then let's understand the definition of what a believer is. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says in the Quran, "Inna ma'ibunna ladina wa'azukallahu wajilakuluhu." That the believers are those type of people. That when the name of the Zikr of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is being mentioned, your hearts become fearful. Not fearful in terms of terror, but your hearts become in awe of Allah. That Allah is so magnificent. Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is so eminent that we are in such awe of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala that our minds and our bodies and our hearts will not allow us to do that which Allah Taala finds displeasurable. That is how much in awe we must be of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. When you when you get a new perfume or when you buy a new set of clothes. First, you are in awe of it. Hopefully, you can find that which you are in awe of. You are in awe of it. What do you do when you look at it? You become mesmerized. You become enchanted. When you use it, you get feel better. You feel superior. It's not the arrogance, but you feel a sense of prestige. You feel a sense of having been uplifted in grandeur. So in the same way, when you think of Allah, you get the remembrance of Allah. It should give you the same levels of pride and superiority. That this is the one who I believe in. This is the one who I have a connection with. This is the one who I serve every day. This is the one who I am living for, and this is the one who I am going to die for. And when you look at those that don't have the gift of knowing Allah and remembering Allah, then you should feel a sense of awe. That is how you look at. How this relationship with Allah Taala works. What is it to them? Why that to yet ayyum ayatuhu? Zalatul iman. And Allah says, firstly, when they share my remembrance, they become impure. Secondly, when my verses are being recited to them, Zalatul iman, it increases them in faith. When we read the Quran, we read the Quran for 27 nights, going on to 29 nights. Has it increased our faith? When the Quran is being cited by anyone at any time, is the faith increasing? We have used during the time of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, was to say that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam utilized this sequence of teaching. So I learned Imam before the Quran. Then the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to teach us about Imam before he taught us the Quran. Now we have universes. We are going to end up of a certain age, and I conclude just now. Shall we just have a few words that wish to be shared by by someone that is very dear to us? That when a child is of age, we send them to the madras, to the madras, to learn the Quran. But from the time they were born until that point that they were prepared for madras, what did we teach them in our homes? The ones who develop the bond with them, what did we teach them? Did we teach them Imam, or did we just want to spoil them rotten? 
and show them love to a degree and make them demanding and make them stubborn young people who the teachers of the institutions have to deal with, then you now transfer them from your home of luxury and comfort and extravagance to an environment where someone has to try and instill discipline in your child. Is that fair upon them? No. Do we instill discipline in them now? And we instill iman in them for them to understand who is Allah and what is the expectation of Allah from their believer. So teach iman before Quran. Because that is what the Prophet said. He taught Iman before Quran. So much Ayyamna Quran. After teaching us Iman, then he taught us Quran. Fasjadna Iman and Ayyamna. When we learn the Quran from the foundation of Iman, it only serves to increase our own. So, in a sense, that when the Quran is being recited, Zadatun Iman. And the third stage of the believer is when they remember Allah, their hearts are in awe. When they heard the verses of the Quran, it increases their demand. And the third is that they will be remembered. And the last one is that they keep their trust and their resignation in Allah subhanahu wa if you have asked ourselves, myself included, I'll ask myself this question. If I fulfill the three conditions, then I have Iman. And if I have Iman, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has different expectations from the believers, concerns, or compared to that of the Muslims. The Muslim, higher. Allah expects more from the Muslim, because Allah has his love for them that which is better in the Ahara. From the Muslims, Allah Ta'ala expects us to try and aspire to reach the state of being able to. So, brothers and sisters in Islam, the matter of Ramadan has gone. It's come and it's gone. Some people say it went too fast, some people will say it went too slow. Everyone will experience it differently. But the great question is Allah has given us these 30 days. What have we done to secure our Akhir? What have we done to at least establish a connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Let me share some experiences which are unfortunately not good experiences of what we experience in the month of Ramadan. Impatience, intolerance, anger, greed, miserliness. These are some of the things that we experience on a larger scale than what is expected to be, which is compassion, generosity, sympathy, patience, tolerance. We've never experienced this during this month of Ramadan. We experience it in Ramadan's gone by. But as we go forward, the spirit of Ramadan is meaningless. I don't believe anybody else has had that experience. That the spirit of Ramadan is genius, it's becoming commercialized. Is becoming socialized. Well, perhaps it's a change of the times. We don't know. But maybe each and every one of us has decided that we do not have to have the mentality of following everybody and everything does, but rather we should form our own spiritual connection with our own. Religion is called control. Everybody does the same thing at the same time. Spirituality is our own personal connection with Allah. May Allah Ta'ala give us that connection. If we have time to establish it, may Allah Ta'ala strengthen that connection, inshallah. Brothers, we have a few words that we'd like to be uh, shared with the congregation today by 
And before we do that, we can just go to the announcements. Do I make sure you visit from Mrs. Zedekhan, Ahmed Mohammed Lokat, Ahmed Ismail Bodhat, Hafidah Jameen, Mohammed Rose Vazir, Rashifah Fadal, Mullah, Aisha Bibi Ismail, Hassan Abibi Osman, Fahid Adam, Ahmed Yazidat, Fahid Ahidat, Zahat Fahid, and all those who are eating and if you are going to Shabbat, I'm right, Inshallah. That is our Chef Jannah, who is our respected Mahathir, and Deputy Imam of this Masjid, Inshallah, I would like to share a few words with you, and I'd like to call him over to the microphone, Inshallah, and let him try and listen to him today. السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله تستفعل أو نحن الله سبحانه وتعالى فقلني بأكشوتي أسلوكي بإسماسك الحمد لله أتنك حفظ وعلي فقلني بأكشوتي the one who connected me to Haji Loman Khan eight years ago. When I received a call from Hafiz Wadi telling me, Sheikh, you are going to become a Muslim spokesperson of Masjid. I was very happy. In two days' time, I received a call from Haji Loman Khan telling me, Sheikh, you are coming to make a spokesperson. And Alhamdulillah, I met him eight years ago. I have been working in a spokesperson. This was my home, over it was my home, I met different people, Alhamdulillah, you are a wonderful people that I have never met in my life. Special thanks to the trustees of this masjid, Alhamdulillah, you treated me as your own son. I stayed here in Messi, not even a single day, no even a single trustee came to give me a hand time. But only thing that was happening is the respect whenever any trust is coming for me. There's a respect, Shem, how are you, how are you doing, how's the masjid, how's everything. For that, I can mention each and every one. But may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you long life and give you a good health so that you can continue serving this masjid as well as you will. To Chairman Haji Nimitan, you know, you are a father. I don't know what to say, but only Allah knows best. You treated me as your own son. Since I came here, not even a single day, you gave me a hard time. Alhamdulillah, I have learned so many things from you. Whenever you found me, you give me the advice. Every day when you have a phone, Chef, how's the masjid? How's everything there? And you rather have this masjid, Alhamdulillah. Every day you have to phone in the morning. If you can't phone in the morning, you have to phone in the afternoon. So that may Allah SWT give you a long life, give you a good heart, so that you can continue to serve this masjid. May Allah SWT grant you Shifa Al-Khan. And also, soon, my respected Mawlana, you know, you have done a lot to me in my life. You treated me like your own brother, your own brother. Not in a single day, you have a fight with Mawlana. You have looked as a one team. Whenever he comes, shout, how are you? We go, we not. But you have never come to me or shout me in any way, you know. 
this for that person or another. Give you a long life to continue to serve this message and to share some images. You are my brother. Not even a single day we had a fight. So I went to the trusting board and said, Bishop, give something to me. Oh, Sheikh Abdullah went to the trusting board and said, Sheikh Dalla, give this to me. Now we work together. We understand each other. Alhamdulillah. For that also, may Allah continue blessing me and make it easier for you as well. To Sister Khadija, the lady who brings the message, we work together for eight years. Very nice to see whenever you come in the masjid every day, you greet me. Alhamdulillah, may Allah SWT make it easy for me as well. To the early Sunday's of this masjid, I can mention the English language that is going to be. But what I can say to you is, Jazakallah so much for what you have done to me. You have supported me in financially, you have supported me in so many ways that I cannot mention now. But for that, I still look for you. We are blessed one who Ta'ala give you barakah and make blessings in your houses. We are blessed one who Ta'ala make it easy for you. To those people who passed away, the one that I knew, we are blessed one who Ta'ala grant the highest mahal in Germany. For that, I just want to let you know that, inshallah, one of the days I've been good home. And the reason why I'm leaving, nobody told me to go. Nobody told me that, Sheikh, you are fired now. I have stayed with everybody nicely. But to me, is my respected chairman, Haji Laman Khan, brought a message for me in Malawi. He did a message, he did a message, alhamdulillah. We got a student who was standing there as well. And he made sure that every day the student must have the food before the program. So for that, I have to go home and touch him very much. You have done so good things today. But now is my time to go to my community and continue serving my community as well. So this is why I struggle on our way. I cannot just go without standing and appreciate thank you for what you have done to my life. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us tawfiq, inshallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala united us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala unite us in Jannah as well, inshallah. For this was, as-salamu alaykum. As you heard of this, today we decided to ask, Thank you. It's very difficult to find, especially in, in, in Masajid, 
uh, in the words, where it's a very harmonious relationship between the chairman, between the trustees, between those who serve the masjid as the imam of the Muazzins, or even those who just secure the masjid. It's, it's very rare to find very harmonious relationship, something which is understanding, yes, there are Christians conversations at time, but it is not disrespectful, it is not with anger, but rather it is with passion because everyone shares the same objective which is to look after and which is to uplift the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and make the facilities conducive for the ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there's a lot I can say, but personally I would like to say to my beloved Shaykh Jannah, indeed will be someone that I will miss. I do not forget that uh, in the years in which I was ill and I could not attend the masjid, that uh, my two respected and honorable Shaykh Abdul Majid and Shaykh Jannah uh, solely took responsibility for the Imam duties and they served the community well, but that I will not forget. And I would also like to say, and I'm sure I can speak on behalf of the chairman, the trustees, and the Musayyus of Muhammad Masjid, the Shaykh Jannah, if at any point in time we were disrespectful to you, or if we said something to you, or did something to offend you, or to hurt your feelings, then we profusely apologize to you and ask you for more. And we make you are that you forgive us, and we make you are that Allah Ta'ala forgives us for that which you have done unaware and involuntarily, and you have done unintentionally. But we wish you for the rest of your journey and I'm sure that whenever you come to Durban for a short while, you will bless us once again to remind us of how beautiful your Azan over the loudspeaker used to be. Very quickly, I know I'm taking time, but when the beloved of this other house passed away, said that the other day, the one who left Madinah for me, he could no longer bear to me. And one day, in his view, he Gentle of the Prophet Sallallahu said that, Oh Bilal, why do you not visit me anymore? And Sayyidina Bilal left his home and he went back to Madinah to Munawwara. And the Sahaba were saying that, Oh Bilal, give the Azan, as used to give it in the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi could not do it. He was too emotionally overcome and overwhelmed. And finally, when the grandsons of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam asked him and said, Oh Bilal, give the Azan, as used to give it in the time of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Sayyidina Bilal al could not decline them. So Sayyidina Bilal al who stood on the tablet and gave the Azan and said, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. When people heard that Azan immediately their hearts were transferred and transported to the time when the beloved Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was to spread his light working on the streets where people could look at his beautiful face and people could greet and hold and get the beautiful fragrance of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he said, Ashhadu anna Muhammad al-Rasulullah. Women came out crying, women came out holding their heads, the men came out crying, the children were crying because remember, sometimes you hear something nostalgic, it takes you back to a time that was very good and very emotional for you. And when he said, Ashhadu anna Muhammad al-Rasulullah, his voice croaked and he could not go on any longer because he cried. And he returned, and when he returned, he went to his deathbed, and he died, and his wife, you see him smiling, and she said, you are in such a difficult state, you are about to die, you are in pain, why are you smiling? He said, because for too long I have missed my beloved Habib, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and just just now that he's coming to me, he's going to transport me once again to the company of my beloved Habib, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, why should I be smiling? 
بين المنبر والمحراب امير المؤمنين سيدنا عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله تعالى عنه وعلى جامع القران كاملي الحياه والايمان امير المؤمنين سيدنا عثمان بن عفان رضي الله تعالى عنه وعلى اسد الله الغالب امام المشارق والمغارب امير المؤمنين سيدنا علي بن ابي طالب كرم الله تعالى وثقه الكريم على ابنه الكريمين ابي محمد بن الحسن وابي عبد الله الحسين رضي الله تعالى عنهما وعلى امهما سيده النساء فاطمه الزحزاء رضي الله تعالى عنها وعلى ساده الصحابه اجمعين اللهم انصر من نصر دين سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ربنا يا مولانا واجعلنا منهم اللهم اقضل من خذل دين سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ربنا يا مولانا ولا تجعلنا منهم عباد الله رحمكم الله ان الله يامر بالعدل والاحسان وايتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيدكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم ودعوه يستجب لكم ولذكر الله تعالى اعلى واولى واعز واجل واتم واهم واعظم واكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون صفوا صفوفكم يرحمكم الله الله اكبر الله اكبر الله اكبر الله اكبر اشهد ان لا اله الا الله اشهد ان لا اله الا الله اشهد ان محمد رسول الله اشهد ان محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاه حي على الصلاه حي على الفلاح حي على الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين والله الذي لا إله إلا هو عالم الغيب والشهادة والرحمن الرحيم والله الذي لا إله إلا هو الملك القدوس السلام المؤمن المهيمن العزيز الجبار المتكبر سبحان الله عما يشركون والله الخالق البارئ المصور له الاسماء الحسنى 
يسبح له ما في السماوات والأرض وهو العزيز الحكيم الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين إنا أنزلنا في ليلة القدر وما أدراك ما ليلة القدر ليلة القدر خير من ألف شهر تنزل الملائكة والروح فيها بإذن ربهم من كل أمر سلام هي حتى مطلع الفجر الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله استغفر الله استغفر الله استغفر الله العظيم والتواب الرحيم الذي لا اله الا هو الحي القيوم ونتوب اليه اللهم انت السلام ومنك السلام تباركت ربنا وتعاليك يا ذا الجلال والاكرام اللهم عنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم ربنا تقبل منا هذه صلاة الجمعة مع جماعة المسلمين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا وحبيبنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وأصحابه وبارك وسلم الصلاة والسلام عليك يا رسول الله سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين
They got that big wall there in the way, nah?